before we hit the ground running on today's episode, I want to tell you guys about the latest project from Apocalypse Podcast Network member Christian Carrion. If you're a diehard Carmen Sandiego fan, you may be aware of a rumored lost episode. Titled Odd Lang Gone, the episode was purported to be plagued with technical snafus, casting follies, and bone-breaking calamity. Luckily, Christian took on the challenge to answer the question, where in the world is the lost Carmen Sandiego episode? Featuring the cast and crew of the original show, you can now check out Odd Lang Gone, the lost Carmen Sandiego, on audio streaming services and on buzzerblog.com. In fact, here's a trailer to help pique your interest. Well, she sneaks around the world from Kiev to Carolina. She's a sticky-fingered filcher from Berlin down to Belize. She'll take you for a ride on a love boat to China. Tell me where in the world. Uh-oh. Stop the clock. Stop the clock. Somebody get a doctor. All Lang Gone, The Lost Carmen Sandiego. Buzzerblog's first audio documentary by me, Christian Carrion, and featuring the original cast and crew of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, premiering October 12th on all major streaming services and at buzzerblog.com. And welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and as we trek closer to Halloween, it's time to highlight another horrifying creature of the night. Furry wrestlers! Wait, that, that's not so bad, honestly. Today we have Angelo Falls, a storyboard artist with a gift for storytelling, whether it be his personal stories or the wonderful wrestling personas that are starting to develop. This was a fun chat, one where I got a bit too excited and nerded out with the wrestling part. I I I can't help it. Make sure you support him with the links below. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider liking, sharing, subscribing, or commenting your favorite part down below. Or, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. It really helps me out a lot. In fact, you can even go a step further with that by going to the merch store at pmap.creator-spring.com and enjoying some of the wonderful streetwear there. In fact, between now and October 29th, you can use the code PMAP1 at checkout to get an additional 25% off your order. Finally, if you want a place to talk about this podcast and other outstanding ones in this network, you should join the Apocalypse Podcast Network Discord server. It'll be lots of fun, there's plenty of people that have been on the podcast before, we can share interesting memes and such, maybe talk about the wonderful Halloween ideas coming up. In fact, let's hear about another... I don't even know what to do for this one. Uh, Man, I've used so many adjectives for amazing. I'll just go with that. Let's hear about another amazing podcast in the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Hey kids, it's the Honey Leave It Show. We just want to say thank you. We just passed the 3,000 download mark, which is a big deal for a new podcast. And so we're just really, really grateful. If you've never heard of the Honey Leave It Show, 
It's a comedy podcast about sex. So if you like laughing and you like sex, you should come and listen to the show. If you don't like to laugh and you don't like to have sex, please don't bother. You won't enjoy it at all. Uh, the Honey Leavitt Show has new episodes every Friday on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple, of course. Looking forward to seeing y'all there. Bye! And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Here we go, Mia. There we go. Oh, we get the video too. Hey. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Doing pretty good. That's good to hear. Uh, It's the afternoon, so it's always like sunny, and then you're just like, okay. That's about it. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, and, and you're up in, was it? You're up in New York. So for you, it's just like, oh, it's sun. Okay, bye. Around here, it's like, the sun shall plague you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The sun rules us all at this point. Yeah. Yeah, especially with mm-hmm. how weird the weather's been this year alone. Goodness. Yeah. Remember, like, what was it, months ago when that heat wave just hit everyone in the world? <laughs> Forget about it. We were dying over here. Like, you could see the radiation and shit from the bus and stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, good lord. I, I mean, I'm glad that it's mm-hmm. cooling down a bit, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what this Still... is in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, hold on. Is this your first time appearing on a podcast? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Wow, nice. I feel honored. <laughs> Thank you. And also, like, you know, like no one's really asked. So I'm like, okay, thank you for asking and getting me on here. You should be really thanking uh, Tipsy for that one. She was the one that led me in your oh, direction. Yes. So, yes. Thank you, Tipsy. <laughs> uh, she is wonderful. She's been, like, basically, like, spamming me with a whole bunch of guests and such. And, like, part of me is like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me take a deep breath and, like, try to, you know, like, because a lot of the guests that I'm getting, I will be honest, like, I have to do somewhat of a crash course with some of their content. Uh, but uh-huh. but same time, it's not like I'm fully unaware, and that's what I was going to say on the flip side. It's like, thank you for getting me, people. <laughs> no, for, for real, for real. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Angela, before we get started, I'm going to start with the ever-so-important icebreaker question. So, let's mm-hmm. let's say, and this is a new one, by the way. Or somewhat fairly new. Uh, let's say you are going to a deserted island by your own accords, I must say. And you can only bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help you make sure you don't go insane. What would be that one piece that you bring with you to this deserted island? Ooh, that's a toughie. <laughs> like a piece of artwork or a medium. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever, mm. uh, whatever you think like will help you sort of make sure again you don't go insane on this deserted island because it's just you there. Okay, my six hundred page sketchbook and a, two pens. That's it. Okay, okay. Any particular reason? Just kind of how well you kind of connect with your own art, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I can pretty much survive on anything uh, at this point. Like. Uh, if I were to like, if I were to be visiting my grandparents' house back in the island, I didn't have any paper or pen, so I 
improvise and wet some dirt and I use that as mud to paint on the walls. Oh wow. Clean it after later. <laughs> yeah. If only you had brought a camera with you in order to take the photos of it to remember for, for long periods of time. I did take a photo of it, but I can't find it. It's oh. so... The heartbreak. I could hear it from it's here. It's one new upgrade. Yeah. Yes. I had, like, multiple, like, I, I like, painted this whole, like, wolf there on the wall. And I was like, oh, so good. I was, like, I think I was, like, 12 or 14 when I did that. But okay. still. Okay. No, that's... It was good. I missed it. I can imagine that does sound cool. Nevertheless, I wish I wish you had those photos, man. Because mm -hmm. I can only imagine how, like, even at like twelve or fourteen, like the amount of creativity mm -hmm. you must have had just to go with like that to resort to art more than anything else. Like that's that's something else. That's you know that's a gift, I guess. If it ain't napkins, it's mud. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> but your sketchbook—that's the one thing you're bringing with you. Yes. All right then. With that. I can't think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to subscribe or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer. I'm a part of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com for more about this podcast and other outstanding ones in the network. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> He is a New York-based storyboard artist who's worked among the likes of Moco Productions and Illimation, plus the father of two lovely dogs, as we can hear in the background. Welcome to the podcast, Angelo Falls! Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you doing on this day? I'm doing fairly well. You know, dogs barking in the background as usual. This is the afternoon routine. They're just rooting for you. Let's just be honest at this point. Uh... <laughs> Or barking at the mailman. Who knows? Mail person. They're rooting at. They're rooting for someone, one way or another. But before we divulge too much into your dogs, let's let's go back just a little bit. I want to know the origin stories of Angelo. What got you interested in art in the first place? It all started back in two thousand four. There I was as a four year old, just okay. minding my business, watching TV. Tarzan comes on TV, and I was like, "Hey." That looks nice. I started acting like Tarzan, yada yada. But then eventually, I saw like, uh, like a little interview about like how they made the movie, and I was like, "Oh shoot, that's cool. You can do that. You can do that as a job." Yeah. I was like, "Oh okay." I started drawing in my sketchbook a lot, and like not a sketchbook. I had a had a, a comp composition notebook precisely. Oh, there we go. And I just had a pen, paper, and I just started drawing from there. But mostly I drew dogs and, like, a lot of the gorillas and stuff. But Tarzan was, like, the movie that pushed me and, like, you know, had me knowing to know about certain art things, you know? Specifically animation. Specifically animation. Oh, yeah. I originally I wanted to be an animator. I mean, I can only imagine, mm -hmm. especially with Tarzan as, like, a great inspiration. Because at that point, they weren't, like, full mm -hmm. on. They were still doing, like, the, the pencil animation, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, having mm -hmm. that as, like, a foundation more than anything else for what eventually, you know, grew to what you got going right now. Um, yeah. At what point in particular did it go from just, like, a love for this kind of stuff and, like, loving the animation that you're seeing to a passion and then making it your career? I want to say, like, around 12. Like, around 12. Maybe, you know, like, like, 9. I had a good feeling, like, I wanted to do this, but I didn't know where to start. But it was, like, around maybe 12 that I just, okay, originally I was drawing anime at this time too. Okay. Um, so big fan of Dragon Ball and all this um, 
and Wolfsbane and shit like that. And eventually, by 12, I was like, I have to take this seriously. And so, sadly, I stopped drawing the anime for a bit just to get back on track with my fundamentals. And eventually, I'm like, all right, I, I'm getting better at my art. Maybe let me delve into animation a little bit more now. I don't know how to animate. I should learn. And it went fairly well, but not that well. Then that's when um, 2014 came around and Steven Universe just uh, poofed into existence. There you yeah, go. Sadly, <laughs> I am the stereotype. Everyone wants to be Star Wars because Steven Universe. Yes, and what about it? <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm not going to say yes and what about it because I... Uh, so I haven't. I, I will. You're probably gonna hate me for this. I haven't watched Steven Universe, yeah. but I know a lot about Steven Universe and such. And trust me, the kind of stuff that it exhibits and the different styles that like the showcase and stuff, like that's a great. That that's a good soil to like plant whatever seeds for animation and such. Was there anything in right. particular about it that just like made it go to that whole entire next step of I have to be a part of this? Mm. I think. Uh, well. Specifically, everyone's favorite at this point, uh, episode, like uh, season two, and specifically the jailbreak episode. Mm, okay. This I, was yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the one that got everybody like automatically, like I want to say hooked for the next season and the next and the next. So that was the big thing. I mean, on all sorts of different levels, like, I, I believe it or not, that's actually one of the episodes I have seen, just, like, the animation for that one, but the storytelling that was being told in that episode alone, like, that mm-hmm. was just pure gold, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, goodness. Was that, like, one of the biggest inspirations for, like, your art career, for your animation career, along with that Tarzan, or were there other bits of inspiration for what you do? Say, like, you know, okay, I will say this. Disney has my neck, like they have me in a chokehold, first of all. Disney has my neck in a chokehold. I can't escape from them. I'm sorry. Fair. Um, like, it's either you grew up watching Disney or you grew up watching uh, Ghibli. Ghibli? Ghibli. You know? And I had no recollection of Ghibli movies when I was a kid. It was just watch Cartoon Network or watch Disney Channel or Nickelodeon on TV. That was it. And Disney was always putting movies on. Yeah, so they were always that. they were always putting something out even before Disney Plus was a thing. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and, and now with Disney Plus, it's just so much, just so much, <laughs> so much stuff. Yeah, for better or for worse. Though there are some like amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to watch was that that uh, the Star Wars Visions or whatnot. Like I want to see what they were like doing with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that came out on, on on Twitter. I saw like a little clip of it, but I haven't seen the full thing. I'm gonna and watch it eventually. Eventually. Now, as you sort of continued on with this little career, you know, once you actually decide you wanted to be a part of it, at what point did you realize that your strong suit was with the storyboard aspect of it? Because you you list yourself as a storyboard artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the beginning, I had no idea what a storyboard artist was. Uh, I more or less thought it was like, oh, okay, we just draw draw what the script says. Is that what we do? I was like, okay, but then as I learned more, it's more than that. Like, and only, well, sadly because of, of uh, capitalism and stuff, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, but like, seeing that you can just draw the blueprint now for like television, that it will be the blueprint on TV. What you draw on your boards will be on TV. I was just like, that's great. 
I would love that. Like, why not? But then I started caring about the story aspect a little later. I was this was younger me caring about, oh, we could do that now. That's great. And then later on, I started caring about the stories to which I started thinking to myself, I don't have a story of my own to tell. Why do I want to be a storyboard artist? So then which I drew uh, some new OCs and I started caring for them a lot. And eventually I'm like, oh, I have a thing now. My wrestlers, yeah. I have a thing for the future. If I ever want to make a story about that and how would I go about telling their stories and maybe their characters and shit like that. So I was, I wanted to give storyboarding more of an effort, but somehow I did get jobs with this. I was kind of shocked I did. I mean, I imagine, I imagine anyone starting out, like, they, they had to have, like, at least that initial shock of, wow, I'm actually considered good enough to do this, or I'm considered talented enough to do this? Like, yeah. good lord. What, was, mm-hmm. what, what were some of the first opportunities that you were getting? Was it with, like, uh, why I said in the, in the beginning, MoCo Productions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before MoCo, I was doing cleanup, uh, cleanup animation for uh, short films, for uh, thesis films at SVA. Mm-hmm. I don't go there, but I have a lot of friends there. Um, Whatever gets you opportunities, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I actually got declined twice by SBA, but that's besides oh, the wow. point. Um, yeah, but um, other than that, like once we got to Moco, um, I did two two videos, and sadly they did not go up because of clientele reasons. Uh, but yeah, it was fine. I still got paid. Good. Still put in the resume. You know, it's fine. And then with Illumination, I was shocked that I even got that too. I just, one day a friend asked if they were, lo- uh, they were looking for storyboard artists. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll apply, sure, why not? Send in. And my friend got me the job that, eventually. I mean, that's incredible nevertheless, because Illumination is like one of the, I guess, leading names when it comes to like story time. Out, you know, YouTube, mm-hmm. are you aware of their stuff before you apply for the job or... I was slightly aware. I was not like a viewer per se, but I was like aware of her videos existing. So I was like, oh, oh, it's also oh, it's a big thing. I was like, oh, okay. My sisters would tell me about it. Animation's great. I love her videos. And then my friends also from high school, they'll be like, Animation, you should take the job. She is stupid big on YouTube. I'm like, that's that's interesting. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I guess I get a shot. I imagine if nothing else, with like with Mocha, with Illy, like these are good experiences that you get to have put on your resume, and just good learning experiences, nevertheless. How have you? Mm-hmm. How would you describe more or less your storyboard artist journey at this point? Like, is it going the way you kind of anticipated, or has it been like truly something else since you stepped into that world? A little bit of both. Okay. Like, you know, I don't I don't expect to get, like, a lot of jobs. Just give it to me just because I have a portfolio, you know? I feel like there's a lot that I still need to learn. I still feel like I'm a beginner, per se. Um, lots of the times I know what I'm doing with my boards, but sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. So I kind of, like, overthink things. Um, I feel like I could be at a place a little bit higher than what I anticipated, but it's... It's a progress, especially with this pandemic thing. It's kind of like hindering a lot. So trust me, mm-hmm. I, I, this podcast is more or less a product of the pandemic, if I do say so myself. Yeah. So I can fully mm-hmm. attest whenever I say, "Good lord, this pandemic has really shown some different faces mm-hmm. and opportunities than anyone anticipated." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, good lord. 
But, I mean, so I ma- much. but I imagine, like, on top of all these opportunities, you know, working with mm-hmm. you know, people maybe as big as Illibation, it's also, like, some of the smaller stuff that I imagine you also get some good learning experiences. One of the ones that I noticed was for a animated pilot called The Figments. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one? Yes, The Figments. How, it's, very, it's a small thing. I, I was going to say, how did this opportunity even come to you in the first place? Because I, I got a chance to look at the pilot because it's up on YouTube somewhere. But, like... Good lord, like the the it's a unique story nevertheless. I, I mean, I'm just wondering how you even heard of it in the first place. Um, so it, I just scrolling on Twitter one day and I see that a friend of mine was also a writer of the figments. So I was like, "Oh, okay, they're doing this thing." I wasn't going to apply at first because I was waiting on this other job that I was with them to, to get back at me. They they did, didn't get it. So I was like, "All right, fine." Pigments. Let's let's do something. Let's do something to uh, as practice for yourself, but also it would be probably pretty fun to do. Yeah. You know, the characters look nice, so might as well. And I applied, and a week later, I got the job. It wasn't like it was more like uh, well, we weren't getting paid, but you know, it was a volunteer thing. I volunteered to okay. work on the figments. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, nevertheless, yeah. like the P be part of a foundation for something that if it does get picked up, like I can imagine for you, if nothing else, it must be a uh, interesting experience and a good resume builder. If nothing else. <laughs> hmm. Like uh, one thing I was surprised about with, uh, with the figments was that um, as we like talked everything out and did like the script thing, the script meeting uh, read aloud stuff. Eventually they put me as head storyboard artist, which I was just here like, Okay, taking a responsibility, it's go time. <laughs> so <laughs> I was shocked, but yeah, it was nice. I, I, like I said a million times before, it's a good learning experience. Now, you could also correct mm-hmm. me if I'm this one. I imagine being a part of the storyboard artist probably helps reinforce some of your own personal stuff, mainly some of the comics that you like to push out on your social media platforms. What are some of the mm. inspirations for some of these comics that you put out there? They are based on real life events that happened either moments or three hours ago. <laughs> That's what my comics were mostly based on, especially like the beans one. That one, uh, yes, he didn't hit me with a can of beans, but it's funnier that way. You're not wrong. <laughs> I, I just, it's, I remember seeing that strip and I just could not stop laughing because I feel like a lot of people can instantly relate to that more than anything else. Just kind of was like, I'm just mm-hmm. hungry. You don't have to retaliate like this. Exactly. exactly. It was either eat the beans or, uh, I don't know, Chef Bordy in the can. That's it. You should have had like a, a can below it that was like Chef Bunkyardy or something like that. Should have. I should have. <laughs> Oh well, that's in the that's in the past. Like most of these other strips, because I mm-hmm. imagine that for you, with a lot of the stuff that you mm-hmm. put out there, it's it's more or less a reflection of yourself more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, is it always easy for you to push out something that is about your life, or is it sometimes like bearing your soul whenever you push something out? It is much easier, <laughs> much easier than creating a story from scratch. To be honest, I think. I think my day-to-day life sometimes is either boring or pretty exciting, and I can make it exciting, even more exciting if I really want to. So that's why I would always say, oh, it's based on real life, with a little Angelo flair here and there, just a little bit of 
absurdity. <laughs> now, one of the things I did want to emphasize a little bit is the way that you like to represent yourself is, if I may say, like an anthropomorphic wolf or dog or something along the lines of that. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a reason why you prefer to draw, like, with a lot of your stuff, you do a lot of animal-based stuff. Uh, okay. Is there a reason why you prefer, like, drawing animals and such over, like, say, a standard human most of the time? I would say animals are so much fun to draw. I think, like, before, like, this was, this is the whole reason with Tarzan and all the movies I watched as a kid. They, a lot of them were anthropomorphic animals, so, um, from the youngest time in my life, I related to Balto a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. First, I was a wolf, but then eventually I said, I want it to be something of me, but not human. So, I made a fursona, and go. it was... A mixture of, I guess, like my family personality in a way, like both sides of my mom and my dad. And then I was like, oh, cool. There you go. You have me. So my mother would be depicted as uh, the Labrador. And then my father would be depicted as a pit bull. So mix those two together. You have me. It's an interesting mm -hmm. uh, combo, more or less, if I do say so myself. Uh, I wonder, I, mm -hmm. I, I need to see like at least a... a like other than what how you draw yourself, I need to see a photo of that like combo, like uh, you know the yeah. Wow, words are wonderful. <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. Editing is amazing. Oh no, trust me, I'm gonna leave this in. You kidding me? Um, <laughs> le a a what I was saying is like the basically the mutt of like a pit and a labrador, mm -hmm. like you're talking about. Like I wonder what that actually does look like because I don't think I've seen one like in society or whatnot. Yeah, they're pretty rare. I don't think they're like. Uh, a whole thing in real life. Maybe they are, like some cases, but a lot of times breeding is a whole complicated thing people uh, don't really look into. So there's that. Uh, oh, that is another fun fact about me, actually. I uh, used to be a dog breeder. Me and my dad, we used really? to have this whole thing where we, yeah, yeah, for a bit, but uh, we stopped. His hobbies be changing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's fair enough. I was going to say, I know. Mm -hmm. My mom is actually getting into breeding. They're breeding uh, boxers. Uh, mm. So that's mm. the thing that they've been getting into. Um, as a matter of fact, so my stepmom as well, uh, we recently got a dog like a good couple months back that's a purebred boxer, but the, but we got it cheaper because they had a, a, a clef, like right here, something along the lines mm. of that. So, I mean, cutest dog, little demon, but the cutest dog ever. <laughs> yes. Boxers are no joke. Yeah. If anything, they're a little bit more of a hassle than, like, Huskies. But Huskies are more vocal, so there's whole, this whole thing. I mean, nevertheless, it's, mm -hmm. like, good. It, not good. It's still, like, a high-maintenance job, I guess, would be the way to, to you know, say mm -hmm. when it comes to breeding and such. Because there's, there's just all sorts of stuff that goes into that. I'm sure as you, being a former breeder yourself, there's a lot that goes That's into that. A lot. Takes time and... Yeah, just have to have a nice place for the dogs and everything. You can't keep it all in your house. Yeah, plus patience because sometimes, especially when the dogs are like growing up and or whenever they're in heat and such, like that's just mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> it's a whole mess. Uh. Yes, but speaking of like the animals and the the personas and such, one of the ones that has really grabbed my attention and one of the reasons why I have fallen in love with you, my good sir, is these wrestlers, these basically furry wrestlers oh, that yeah. you've pushed out there to the world. How did this even come to you in the first place? It is so funny because, all right, I'm going to keep it 100% honest, super 100% honest. Go for it. I am not a big wrestling fan. Oh, you broke I'm my heart. In the loop. <laughs> but 
But I have a nostalgia with um uh like early like I guess like 2000s WWE this okay. time uh, when they were a little less PG. Okay, it was not for my age range for sure. And it was an awkward moment cuz I'm like what are, are they even wrestling? They're wrestling but they're also doing other types of matches. Mm-hmm. I was like okay. Um but you know, growing up with my uh, with my brothers and everything, and watching wrestling with them, it was nice. You know, so I I thought about my favorite wrestlers at that time, like Randy Orton, Undertaker, Rey Mysterio. Oh yeah, them. You know, it was great. And so I thought, what if I do that for like with my like with some furries? What if I do that with some like anthro characters? But then I decided, you know, it's crazy. Maybe not. Maybe I won't do it. But then I thought to myself, I'm really in a mood to draw a deer. I don't want to practice drawing deers. I don't draw deers often. And then I thought deer and then wrestler. And I was like, what if I combine those two? So I did. And lo and behold, Titus the Thunder Deer Titan was created. Oh, goodness. No, trust mm-hmm. me. I was seeing those uh, those wrestlers. Of, it, for me personally, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I'm going to be upfront. Also, in fact, I even wore my uh, Roman Reigns, the big dog shirt, just for this interview. <laughs> but... but uh, no, it's one of those, like, especially the way that you almost, like, you understand. I, I imagine how much research has kind of gone to this silly little thing as well. Trying to make yes. sure you get the, the physiques right. Or, the, the, <laughs> the look to the wrestler just right and such. And make sure that you get, like, <laughs> the attitude and the personality to be translated onto these comics, more or less. Or these, you know, images, more or less. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of research went in because I, I like I knew about wrestling. I knew the gist of it, but at the same time, I didn't know exactly everything there needs to know about wrestling. I didn't know the whole like, uh, like I knew there was roles, but I didn't know what they were called as a okay. kid. You know, um, yes, and I did play the video games as a kid as well. I play a lot, so I I understand like there's certain rules. Uh, there's also uh, just certain things you have to go through, like submission, uh, certain matches as well. So. I pretty I got a whole little foundation set up. But there's still more to be learned because I heard also then uh other leagues other than WWE, like uh AEW. Yes. Heard that one's like the big one right now. I've been looking, trying to get into it. I just don't know where to start. Um I can sort of tell you because I, I I'm not I can sort of lead you somewhat in the right direction, more or less. Like <laughs> if nothing else, like hey, just turning on a random episode either on a Wednesday or a Friday night on TNT because that's where they do their stuff. Like, that's, Mm -hmm. like, if nothing else, the way that wrestling shows these days are kind of set up, um, you might Mm -hmm. get, like, a little bit of a recap and you'll be like, okay, so this is what's going on with this little feud. This is going on with that little thing. You know, okay, these people are part of a group. These people are not part of a group. And especially when you're starting out, because I only recently got into wrestling, like, 2016, I want to say, is when I got into Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) <laughs> I got into it around WrestleMania 32, which for wrestling fans out there know that was probably the worst WrestleMania to get into wrestling because <laughs> it was it was it was a slog to get through that. But um, I mean, like especially with mm-hmm. all elite wrestling, like there's just so many different like characters, there's so many different like storylines. The way that they tell stuff is a little bit more like it's more of a slow burn than say like WWE, which is a lot of times like okay, let's get the story out there and let the fans know about this kind of stuff. Um, and there are some, like, really good characters in both, honestly, but, like, especially with All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned, like, a deer, because there is a tag team in AEW called the Young Bucks. So, 
<laughs> and trust me when you when you see them like especially with how they're tires because they like to go big and they like to go flashy all right that is just mm-hmm. that is just art inspiration right there ready for you i am telling you right now i know who to research later <laughs> i'll say the young bucks are a good one um you said you watched around like early 2000s or whatnot does the name cm punk ring a bell of course, yes. Who doesn't know CM Punk? Okay, okay. He just recently came back to wrestling. That's why I mentioned that. He's on AEW. Mm-hmm. That's why I mentioned that, so. Okay, yes. I did hear that. My friend, uh, he just, he, he sent me a video uh, recently. He was like, guess where I'm at? And I'm like, you're at a wrestling show? Sir, why didn't you tell me? Could have took me. <laughs> it's like, I need the reason. That's a whole, that's a whole other thing, too. Like, especially with what you're doing mm-hmm. or whatnot, if if you ha- ever have the opportunity to, I will highly recommend going to, like, indie wrestling shows, like, just little small ones at bars or whatnot, because the type mm-hmm. of storytelling that they can tell and such, like, it's something else. There's a wrestler that's big on the internet right now. He's actually from close to where I – or he's, like, based around where I am called uh, Effie. And, like, especially E-F-F-Y, just look – him up and especially like the most recent like image of him and such that's another like cannon fodder more than anything else because he is a character above and beyond like some people out there like there are some amazing characters that especially like especially if you want to keep going down this little wrestling path you can definitely get a lot of inspiration i know there's a lot of good like wrestling artists out there as well that definitely get some amazing inspiration from this definitely (laughs) I just wrote down his name just so I can remember. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Trust me, like you will not be disappointed because oh my god. <laughs> He's he is a character. No, I'll tell you what, the best character, or at least my personal favorite character in like all of wrestling, especially mm-hmm. independent or whatnot, is a guy by the name of Danhausen. Does that name even remotely ring a bell to you? I feel like it does, but I can't point a face. Okay. And that's fair enough. But I'm gonna let you but I'm gonna let you know right now, like basically imagine he is the world's nicest demon, to put it like that. As in like he is fully face painted and such. He's got like all sorts of cool tattoos. But he has like he talks like this mm-hmm. and such, and he has like he has a jar of teeth and he's talking about how he's very nice, very evil. Um, no swearing. And that's the whole thing. Oh, that's a commitment. It is a commitment. <laughs> So, like, trust me, especially once you see Effie, you'll eventually see Danhausen. But trust me, like, there are some amazing characters, not just what they put on TV, but on the independents as well. That once you take the time, especially if you want to go forward with this wrestling stuff, like, once you take, like, even, like, 15 minutes to commit yourself, you'll be like, good lord, what did I get myself into? <laughs> It'll be worth it. Because it, it's honestly better than the route that I was originally going to go with at one point. Um, oh, really? There was a time where I literally was looking up wrestling schools. You like, uh, would it be would it be crazy to enroll yourself in that just to get a first-hand experience of what it's like? That's not as crazy as it sounds, honestly. It's a lot of commitment, mm-hmm. I will tell you that much cuz I yeah. have a, I have a friend of mine, uh Jay Brinson, uh, who's actually appeared on the mm-hmm. podcast for a separate interview that I did before. Um, like he's currently trying to be a wrestler. He's taking like the wrestling schools and such. And like, I can tell you right now, like wrestling school is definitely something to where you definitely understand a lot of the insider stuff and a lot of the lingo or whatnot. But again, it's a full on commitment. You can't just do it just to be like, you know, Hey, I want to learn about wrestling. Like there are other sources, but it'd be, it'd be a good experience more than anything else. 
Mm-hmm. I would say it was supposedly like as research for, let's say, uh, my character Lynx. They're the up and coming rookie, so that's what they are. They're the rookie in the league. So I kind of wanted to give um some backstory, maybe like of how it was when they were first practicing and uh... in, in their in wrestling school. So it ties in together. I mean, I know uh-huh. that I know there yeah. are occasionally some people do like I think a f- no, I'm not gonna say that. Well, I mean, I think there might be mm-hmm. like free classes here and there and such, but even then, like that's once in a yeah. blue moon. But even then, like some people do once like o- some people do like online seminars and all that kind of stuff. And if nothing else, mm-hmm. like I said, especially with the community of wrestlers that are out there, good lord, you can mm-hmm. find something. You <laughs> you can definitely find something. <laughs> I'll be sure to be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Uh, what was Just it? in case. There's WWE actually used to have their own like uh, series to where they would showcase like mm-hmm. wrestlers trying to get into the business more or less called oh, Tough Enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember watching a couple clips of that. Well, there you go. And that, that's a good like well, that's like, you know, obviously the next step up when when some of these people have already like spent some time on the independence and such, like learning some of the basic stuff. That's definitely a step up. But, you know, there are also times where you get people that are literally done with like sports, whether it be, you know, wrestling in the Olympics or uh, football, basketball, all sorts of different kind of stuff. And they go to WWE. There's a wrestler right now who's a former center for, I think, like, Baylor or something along the lines of that. Dude is seven foot three, okay? Seven foot three. And the guy... Yes, and the guy is already a former WWE Raw Tag Team Champion. Um, The guy's name is Mm -hmm. Omos, O-M-O-S. And by God, he is... You're right now on that, too. (laughs) I'm writing that down too. <laughs> I'm I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry if I'm like super duper like nerding out about the stuff. I am passionate. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. If nothing else, I, ho- I hope Continue. I'm helping you out. Um, <laughs> you were giving me a lot, actually. You're helping me a lot. I, I and trust me, I am I am always a message away if you really want to know some more stuff. Because <laughs> trust me, man, like that. Especially if you do want to go forward with this wrestling stuff, there is a whole entire world that is like. It's insane. It gets hectic at times. It gets frustrating at times. But at the end of the day, like, it should be fun. It is, yeah. Yeah. I That's how I'm trying to keep it. Like, because originally I was at the mix of, would I want this to be very, uh, would I want it to be, like, funny and com- comedic? Or would I want it to be, you know, uh, a bit more serious? And maybe there would be some type of gore, but not a lot of gore, you know? But I was like, no, wrestling's not about the gore. It's about the storylines, but also, you know, the, I guess, the performance, yeah. you could say, you know. Honestly, you, about that. you perfectly described it. It's just kind of all, an all-around experience for whoever wants to take mm-hmm. it in. Um, I, you know, some people call it, you know, people say it's fake and people will say that it's a soap opera and such. And they're not wrong. But at the same time, like, just because it's fake doesn't mean that there's not a sense of legitimate, like, uh, passion and love for it at the end of the day. Right. Because this stuff is hard. I Like, especially you having to sell your reactions to the audience as yes. well. Like, your, your reaction to getting hit, everything. But also, people seem to forget that some of these stunts are actually real. Oh, yeah. They're, they're real stunts. Uh, they think that the, they'd be like, oh, this is fake. Sure, maybe like the punch to, you know, a slap or two maybe is fake. But these stunts performed at the ring, it is completely real. 
Well, I mean, you could also think of it like this, like, especially if you're like watching a movie or whatnot, like, yeah, the story <laughs> may be fake or whatnot, but you know, some of those stunts that the people have to do, those are legit stuff that can yeah. break bones and, yes. you know, break, you know, tear mm-hmm. ligaments. Uh, people have been paralyzed from it. People have died from it. Like, and this is speaking mm-hmm. with wrestling too. People have died from wrestling. <laughs> like, yes, it, it's it like, yes, it is fake, but it's not like, a you know, a, a punch to someone is still going to hurt no matter whether or not it's real or fake. Right. Right. So there we go, man. I love going down on that tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll talk I, about it sometime. Who knows? Is, is there a favorite character that you've developed so far with these wrestling personas? Oh, okay. So out of all the characters so far, I have uh, put the newer ones, but I'm still developing the the twin otter ones. Right. Those like the tag team duo. I'm still developing them. Um, personally, I have a type. <laughs> I like the uh, quote unquote bad boy of the group all the time. So Ray is a favorite of mine, but not. But like Tyrus has a lot that I put into. You know, that's very much. Yeah, you know, protagonist. He's like you know protagonist faces and that. But Ray, Ray has something that I really want to push forward. I can't say yet because it's all writing. <laughs> right, but, right. <laughs> you have to wait. But um, yeah, just Ray in general. I think, okay, with Ray is the fact that heels are more fun to write. Oh, yes. <laughs> it just is what it is. Heels are more fun to write. Face, you can always write a face and you can always, you know, make sure they have good morals this and that. And you can always, you know, turn the face just a little bit to her heel, but I'm trying to stay on track. I'm not trying to have too many heels. Oh no, trust so there's me. that whole thing. <laughs> what you're talking about right there is something that WWE struggles with at times. Cause at this point it seems like they have yeah. way too many heels in the in WWE. Yes. Not enough faces. Exactly. And don't get me wrong. Like it's great. Especially whenever you get like the, you know, the successful story of like the baby face eventually like coming through and beating all these heels. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's gotta be a variety. Cause if it's just the same person beating yes. everyone, it makes, oh Jesus. If it's the same person beating mm-hmm. everyone, that just makes everyone look bad at the end. Right. Right. So there you go. It's gotta be consistent. Exactly. Consistency. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, especially with this being kind of the, the, I'm not going to say the new flavor. Cause obviously like you've put a lot of time and dedication to this already. Like, where do you hope to see this new little venture that you've started? I'm hoping it like, this does become the project of mine that does get somewhere. I'm not hoping for it to be a show or anything like that. Cause animation industry right now is at a, hmm. But so uh, personally, if there were a thing, yes, if there was a thing I were to develop indie, I would do it. I just need a lot, a lot of time to develop this whole thing and make it to maybe have a group of friends who would want to work on it. This a whole thing. But for now, it would just be a thing that you and everyone on Twitter can enjoy the process of me developing, you know? There you go. I, I do also want to just like throw my hat in the ring. If you do want to develop this a little bit more to something, I could help with both writing and voice acting. Keeping you right there in the books now. There you go. <laughs> Cause it's one of those I've like, since I've gotten into wrestling, I've always wanted to like be involved with it as much as possible. So to be voicing a wrestler mm-hmm. would be incredible. But also, like I said, I've, I've, if nothing else, if I cannot personally think of like good storylines or good lines and such, I know that there are several people that I'm close to that could write 
like amazing stuff. Um, I'll go ahead and give a shout out, like I said, to Jay Brinson, the guy who's actually trying to be a wrestler. Um, Alex Foster, uh, who I've had on the podcast before. Uh, like my basically close friend group, we love and we understand wrestling. So I feel like if nothing else, it's a step in the right direction. Keep y'all posted. There you go. Just put your names here. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, keep. At the end of the day, I'll put it like this: We, if it's possible, we could be like the writers, but you're ultimately Vince McMahon. At the end of the day, like this is what you're gonna push at the end of the day. What you want the people to see. Vince McMahon without being too much of an asshole. <laughs> and at least knowing what a, I think it was, was it a burrito? I think he didn't know what a burrito was. <laughs> Have you heard that story or no? <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar with it. There, it was like there was a I'm meeting. surprised he doesn't know what a burrito is. It was one of those, he, there, was a, there was a meeting that he had and one of the writers was like noticing that he was eating something. He's mm-hmm. like, are you eating a burrito? He's like, no, it was a steak wrap. It's like, that's a, that's a burrito. <laughs> like, God. oh no, uncultured. Oh no, trust me. If you want to like go down a fucking rabbit hole, look up Vince McMahon yeah. stories. The the things that this man has been through, the things that this man has done, will make you believe there is no God because this guy is running rampant. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. Now I. I do want to take a little deep breath and step back from the wrestling thing real quickly because otherwise I'm going to go way too much more into this stuff. But I want to say, like, even with this kind of – with the characters that you've been pushing out, whether it be your own personal comics or whether it be, like, the new wrestling characters Mm -hmm. and such, another thing that is very present in your stuff is, like, representation in one aspect or another. How important is it for Mm -hmm. you to have that in your comics and in your art? I personally, like, I try not to be too big on representation, but I do want it to be a thing where it's casual. It's not, like, a thing that's pushed upon, but because a lot of people, they have their opinions all the time. They'll say a casual representation is pushed upon, or they'll say a pushed upon representation is representation. You know, it's a whole thing. And I just want to make sure mine is as casual and uh, representing, represents, like, you know, people I associate myself with a lot, you know? So, especially uh, trans mass representation is very important to me. Yeah, I was gonna say because we don't have a lot. Exactly, I was gonna say if nothing else, like it's you don't want to push it out there just to say, "Hey, it's here. It's part of my art." No, you're pushing out there like this mm-hmm. is this person. They are trans mac. They also like this. They dislike mm-hmm. this. Like it's a part mm-hmm. of their character at yes. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But it's not the defining like, thing of the yes. character. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was points where I, where they'd be like, would this be like a very trans heavy story? And it's like, not really. Like you're going to see like things that, uh, trans person can relate to within a character, but you're not going to have it be like a big, like, like the arc of their story, you know? But if I were to do it, it would take a lot of like time and writing to like really make sure everything is in order because there's a lot that goes into it, but I also don't want to make it seem like it is just, uh, a mix mash of many people's experience. I kind of want to have it because um, there's only the only experience I know is myself. That's the only experience I know. Because me as a trans man, there's only certain things I can relate to and certain things I cannot relate to. Right. So not everybody's gonna relate to my experience, but there are some things that they can relate to. Exactly. Exactly. So at the end of, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, especially with this art that you're pushing out, and you can correct me if I'm just putting words in your mouth, but you're making this. You're basically just putting yourself out there, and if people relate to that, that just yeah. tells how small the world is at the end of the day, honestly. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, because not only trans men's representation, but also uh, bisexuality as yes. well. Bisexuality and also, uh, I guess, well, for, well, for Lynx, it's more non-binary, but still part of trans representation. Because, you know, people still think uh, non-binary is uh, women light, but it's not because non-binary is literally just non-binary. There's no women, no man. Yes, there's some people who are non-binary men, non-binary women, but for Lynx, Lynx is all... Lynx is an experience. That's why their name is Lynx, actually. I was gonna say, like, for Lynx, it's like, are you a man or are you a woman? I'm just a... I'm just a wrestler. <laughs> yes, just a wrestler. I did have a character before this whole wrestling thing uh, where I was gonna go, like, more of an MMA route oh. at one point, yes. Yeah, I have a character who is agender, and... A lot of people, they still consider him to be male. He uses he, they pronouns just because he's more comfortable with those two. But he is like, you know, just a fighter. He's just a fighter. Yes, he's after more thick, but he just wants to look as a fighter. And, you know, there's there's a writing that I could have gone with, but I put him on hold for now. Put them on hold. Right. I mean, it's one of those, yeah. especially if you're going to be creating basically a whole entire wrestling world. Trust me, there are times to introduce that character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who's to say that character won't trans uh, go from MMA to wrestling? Who's to say? Who's to say? I, Maybe uh, the universe connected. I mean, it's happened before. Look at Ronda Rousey. I mean. <laughs> yes. Or uh, Bobby Lashley as well. Yeah, Bobby Lashley. Bobby, yeah, Bobby Lashley. And I guess technically Brock Lesnar, but he's kind of gone from wrestling yeah. to football to MMA to wrestling yes. to MMA to wrestling. <laughs> he doesn't know what he wants to do right now. Jeez. He's trying to become relevant as much as possible. Good Lord. Brock, Brock Lesnar something else. Let's just be honest. <laughs> like he's not – it doesn't matter whether he's male or female. He is not human. That's that's the first of <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's a whole step. Of, I don't know. I don't even know. Superhuman, maybe, but well, I, I mean, he calls himself the Beast Incarnate. That's the best we got. So <laughs> we'll go by his word then. There we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> but we've been talking about like the lot of the stuff that you know have has gotten you to this point. The stuff that you're pushing out there now, which is absolutely outstanding. I, you know, I want to present to you more or less the dream scenario, if I may. Let's say I am Big Shot, Mister Moneybags. You. I'm okay. I, I'm Vincent Candy McMahon in bag four. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but let's say I'm Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I come up to him like, look, Angela, the stuff that you got out there, absolutely outstanding. We love your we love your style, we love your art, and we want to see more of it. I have connections to anyone and everyone in the industry, and I have more money than there should be possible. Jesus Christ, who gave me this? Um, <laughs> right. If given the opportunity. <laughs> What would be the Dream Angelo Falls project? Ooh. I have so many ideas in my head. So many. It goes along with music, you know, uh, really? sports, a lot of sports, yes. But also, like, you know, action is something I'm delving into. But I really, hmm. There is a lot. But if I like the one that's like more concrete than the rest, it would have to be the wrestling one. Okay. okay. I feel like I feel like that one would be a little bit more, uh, e like not easier, but like, I guess manageable to do, because I can have multiple writers and we can have multiple storylines. Yeah. So. 
it'd be great. Also, you know, I have a lot of writer friends who'd be like, you know, come on, let me give you the stuff up. Let's, let's go. Let's all do this together. <laughs> like that, you know? Exactly, yes. You and, go. you know, I have a lot of friends who are also like, you know, uh, interested in sports and stuff. I feel like, okay, in Western animation today, in our, in our country's animation, um, there's not a lot of sport-themed stuff, you know? As so far as I've seen, like you know, uh, a lot of people they tend to compare us to anime all the time. It's fine, Japanese animation. I love Japanese animation, but I would like what they have. What I would want what they have, you know, to put what we have here. I want it to, you know, mesh together, um, especially with the whole like the teen genre. You know, things for teens have to, you know, put out so it's not only like adult or kid. So this whole thing with wrestling would definitely be a teen in the team aspect, even though the characters are definitely not teenagers, right. it'll be rated, I guess, teens. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, sure. that's basically what WWE does anyway. It's one of those like, yeah, these, it's not like they have kids wrestling to cater to the kids to get them to buy this. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Oh, goodness. It's I'm, just to build a good role model. I, I do want to say, I forgot to mention this before. Um, if you want to see an example of like wrestling in animation, there was a, a Japanese anime that was based on a real life wrestler called Tiger Mask. Um, oh yeah, I heard of him. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those like he had like a full on anime and like I think he even had like a revival one like a few years back or something along the lines that like that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like getting an opportunity to like see that in, like a concrete form, like a legit form, especially in like a a series or something like that, that would be like fun more than anything else. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Especially because think of like the things that we can do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The different storylines, mm -hmm. the the different like backstage antics, possibly like that mm -hmm. would just be. Yeah. Uh, the, especially if we can get like a legit like animation budget for some of those sequences that they do in wrestling. Oh, that would be gorgeous. It was going to be like a mixture of yes, action, but also there'll be comedy. You know, in like in the side. Well. Well, my friend gave me the idea uh, was like, why not give it a bit of total drama flair to it? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He says, what if, you know, they go backstage, they're talking, like, you know, they'll, they'll be talking on the ring, whatever, fighting. And then on next, it'll cut to them backstage talking, you know, like in a kind of um, confessional. And like, I'll still beat his ass on the ring, though. Like, I, I was going to say, if you, like, want, yeah. if you want to delve more into that total drama style when it comes to wrestling... Um, NXT, which is kind of more or less like the, the, the breeding ground for some of the big league WWE wrestlers. When it started, it started off as a, basically like a game show for these wrestlers to try to like showcase, can you be in the WWE? And some of the competitions were like extremely ridiculous and comical. Like there was like dance offs. There was one like challenge where they had to basically take a keg around the ring. Like, and whoever did the fastest one or something along the lines of that, like, <laughs> like the early seasons of NXT were some of the most cringeworthy and some of the most hilarious forms of like mm -hmm. game show and wrestling out there. So <laughs> mm -hmm. also keeping that noted, <laughs> Uh, but I didn't hear that was the history of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, trust me. They, like it started off like that, and then Triple H took over and made it more of a legit wrestling show. And then recently they did a revival or a reboot, I guess, of it. I was gonna say when it comes to that NXT, mm -hmm. the the most hilarious is gonna be season three of NXT because it's like the worst. <laughs> <laughs> 
It gives me the trashiness. I love it. Give me the go. worst stuff ever. Worst stuff I love. There you go. Uh, although, what was it? There was a competition. It was like a... I don't know if it was a rap battle. It was like a diss thing or something. Like that. They basically like diss the other wrestler or whatnot. Like cut a promo dissing them. And like... Or they had like a... It was a joke competition. No. I forget what exactly it was. But like one of the wrestlers said like a joke that's like super dark but super fucking hilarious that you would not expect. Yes. <laughs> So, so yeah, but let's get, ba- let's get down from the dream scenario. Sadly, let's get back down to reality and I'll ask the ever so generic question. Where do you hope to see yourself five to 10 years from now? Possibly working like, you know, at a, in a studio possibly. And, you know, trying to build up my credentials. Honestly, I want to get as much experience as I can in the animation industry. Cause it's still very small at the moment. I act like I know everything, but I don't, I'm still a learning person, just like everyone else. I mean, but you're, I, you're still young in really this form. industry. So mm-hmm. like there are people who are two years older than me and are in like director roles. That's crazy. And I love them for that. They are going places a lot for sure. Absolutely. But I, know my limit i know my pace and i'm taking you know my pace pretty well it's gonna go about my things um you know there's a whole thing that goes into it and like having to move that's another thing but i don't want to move to cali i very much love new york it is my home i've lived here since i was born i don't blame you i don't blame you there Mm -hmm. should there should be more opportunities on the East Coast just as a whole, not just with New York, but as a he- East Coast as a whole when it comes to animation and such. Because everything mm-hmm. being over there in California, is just a, it, it's just a headache at the end of the day. Yeah, a lot of the times people forget animation kind of like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I want to say like, you know, it started in Cali, but like it got its boom in Cali. But if we want to go back in time. It started kind of right here in the East Coast, near or in New York. Yeah. Just kind of want to put it out there. It started here. I mean, even... For American animation. Right. I mean, even... Not even just that, you got to realize, like, especially if everything's, like, in Cali, most of the animators, like, you know, especially the ones that are, like, raised in Cali, all they're going to know is Cali, and that's going to be the thing that's pushed out to the rest of the world. Meanwhile, if you at least have, like, mm-hmm. the different coasts, like, the different variety and the different backstories that some of these animators can bring to mm-hmm. a project and such can make right. some truly unique animation at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. For sure, for sure. And, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to move on unless you had something <laughs> else to say. <laughs> oh, I'm good. Okay. Um... You know, with, with all these things that we're talking about, I just have one last question that I want to ask you. Um, obviously, like, you're deeply entrenched when it comes to art in so many different aspects, um, whether it be for what you're doing for your career or the way for you to, like, truly express yourself and showcase what you love. How important mm-hmm. is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? You got to be entertained somehow. <laughs> There's something out there that's got to entertain you. Art's not just going to leave. The minute art leaves, how boring would this world be? Can't do anything. There you go. We literally run your whole entertainment uh, pool and everything. Without art, there would be no video games. Without art, there'd be no movies, no shows, nothing. Not even clothes at this point. Well, clothes is more of like, you know, still fashion, but still art, you know? I mean, there's still some art instituted in one aspect for another way it comes to that. But yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but entertainment specifically. Without art, what is there to be entertained about? I can't think of a better way to word it myself. Um, with that, mm-hmm. that's all the questions that I have for you. Um, I've showered you with a bunch of praise, but I'm going to shower you with more because it's my podcast. I do what I want. Um, <laughs> Angela, I've really like fallen in love with the art that you've been pushing out there, especially as of late. I know that for me, like the, the wrestling one was the one that really got me hooked onto you. But like, even then, like mm-hmm. looking through your back catalog and seeing like some of the stuff, whether it be something as ridiculous as, you know, a can of beans being thrown at your head or something that's like serious and personal, like talking about like how you feel and how you want to be represented and how entertainment should be represented as a whole. And whether it be for mm-hmm. professional or for personal reasons, like the art that you've been pushing out there is absolutely outstanding. I, I absolutely love what you got out there and it makes me excited for whatever's going to be happening next. Cause like I know the wrestling's gonna be the thing that I'm gonna be like head over heels for, but even then, like the the stuff that you have out there is like it's outstanding. It's wonderful to see. Uh, and it's relatable, which is something that I think a lot of people will truly grasp onto. And I know it's you know it may not be a whole lot right now, but I'm hoping that a whole lot of people definitely catch wind of what you're doing and root for you every single step of the way like I'm going to be no matter what. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much. No, thank you for your time as well. This was really fun to do as well. Hey, I mean, I appreciate it. And, and I've said before, you know, I'm a message away if you you know need help with some of your stuff, like especially the wrestling thing. Please keep me up to tabs. I want to help as much as I can. <laughs> I got you. I, I got you on Discord already. There you so go. it's perfect. There you go. Um, now, for those who may not already know, for one reason or another, go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home. Okay. Uh, Angelo Falls. You can find me on almost any social uh, media. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Tumblr. I'm on Instagram. But, you know, stay with more Twitter. I'm more active on Twitter, like 24-7. It's crazy. Um, I'm also on DeviantArt, but, you know, don't really go there much. Just... If you got me on Twitter or Tumblr, you're good. There you go. Mm-hmm. Also, you have a website if people maybe want to see some of your previous work or maybe see your resume. Oh, previous work and resume. Um, AngeloFalls.Weebly.com. It's also on my Twitter bio, just in case. If nothing else, I'll be sure to link all that stuff below, so I got you covered. <laughs> Thank you. Thank oh, no, you. No problem. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Oh, yes. Um... Support people who do art, support people who work in animation, support people who work in film and TV. We have a whole thing going on for uh, those people who are in the union and not the union. You know, try and get better working conditions and uh, better pay. Yeah. There we go. That's my plug for tonight. And and it should be a good plug because the people that are Mm -hmm. working in this industry deserve all the love and support they get because without them, there wouldn't be an industry. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll send you a link about it. You can plug that down as well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but with that, all I have left to say is for the people at home, hasta luego, mi amigos. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard.
I cannot thank Angelo for his time. This was a this was a fun conversation. I know I don't really indulge that much into wrestling on this podcast because it's an art podcast, and more than anything else, I want to make sure that I highlight the artists themselves. But wrestling always has like a a soft spot in my heart. Um, that's why I was like really excited, especially as I did more research on Angelo. I mean, I knew about Angelo before our meeting. I had seen him here and there, but like getting the chance to see those wrestling personas, it's just, <laughs> it's great. I, I want to, I want to bring more wrestlers on this podcast because I believe wrestling as a whole is a, is an amazing art form. Um, I brought on a wrestler a while ago, Edith Surreal, wonderful person. I would love to have her back on a million times over. I'd love to bring on just like more wrestlers as a whole because like, especially when you get down to like the nitty gritty of it and like the storytelling that they tell the presentation that they like to express, um, just so many different aspects of it is, is beautiful, especially when it's done correctly. Um, I've said before, maybe on social media, like, some of the top ones I'd love to have. Effie, which I mentioned in this podcast. Um, Dan Housen, who I also mentioned in this podcast. Uh, like, those two right off the bat. Like, those two, Warhorse, and maybe a few others here and there. They are, like, the definition of independent wrestling right now. They are the definitive images of independent wrestling. And I would love to have, like, their perspective on wrestling. Um, but you know, a guy can dream. Uh, I'm not seeing you guys go out there and spam a million different messages to these wrestlers. Seriously, don't. Like, that. That that's not necessary. You know, they have lives. They got their own things they need to focus on. They don't need a bunch of random people being like, you should appear on this thing. No, no, they don't. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll come if they're interested at some point. Uh, yeah. I mean, if there's anyone out there that can give me a hookup with, like, some fairly big-name independent wrestlers, I am more than happy to take them on. Um, I, I mean, that's the thing I'd like from you guys. If there's any artists out there that you guys personally think deserves just even an hour of time on here, let me know. I, I want to make this as much of a community thing as possible. You know, there, there's only so much that I can expose myself to. And there's only so much that Tipsy can expose herself to. But if you guys are coming together and, like, letting me know, hey, check out this cool person, check out that cool person, that would be so amazing and wonderful. Um, I mean, you can do that whether you message me on Twitter, Instagram, though I never use it. I need to get back to using that. Um, join the, the Apocalypse Podcast Network Discord server, seriously. Like, you know, I joined that network to try to help promote that so that I can prove my worth to the network. <laughs> uh, I mean, especially the Apocalypse Podcast Network. They, the podcasts in there are absolutely top-notch and phenomenal. They're podcasts that I constantly listen to. 
I mean, I didn't join it just so I could say I'm in a podcast network. If I really wanted to do that, I would have started up my own and just say, oh, yeah, I'm in the postmodern art podcast network. Like, no, it, it, it I genuinely love the podcast that I'm alongside with. And I really do hope we get more opportunities to collab with each other. Because I know with the few instances that I've had with some of them, it's been absolutely fun. Um, you know, Stranger Than Christian was a dream come true to be on his podcast. Uh, Robots vs. Dinosaurs was a fun opportunity. Um, for any of the other networks or any other podcasts out there, I'm officially calling you guys out because I want to appear on your guys' podcast. Adam and Spark Parade. I mean, come on. I got the perfect one. Class of 3000. Or maybe we can talk about Igor or Flower Boy or something. I just, I, I like, I love what you're doing. Considering the fact that you're highlighting artists by having them talk about their inspiration. I love that. I can't get enough of that. Hot Goss. Look, I might be trash with my comedy, but I love the facts. <laughs> like, I, I, I think I could bring on some interesting facts onto that network, and I'd love to, to be a part of that at some point. Um, Joanna, when you get everything figured out with Apocalypse Now, um, let me know because I, you know, whatever you decide to do with it, whenever you get the opportunity to do it, it'd be absolutely incredible. Um, Whispering Hunties. Look, I know next to nothing, like absolutely nothing about RuPaul, but I also will say that I appreciate what they do, and I recognize that there is an art form on there, especially when it comes to basically transforming themselves, and that's something I'd love to discuss. So, I mean, I, I'd love to, to be a part of that if you're even listening. Um, honey, leave it. I, I don't know how much I could offer, but, I mean, I'd still love to talk. <laughs> uh, I mean... Christian, we, we, you know, we talked before and, you know, I'm sure we'll get an opportunity to talk soon. Uh, Louis G, I might have something interesting for you. And it might be somewhat related to this past week's episode. Get in touch with me. Um, yeah, I'm officially calling out the Apocalypse Podcast Network. I want an apocalyptic, I want the, I want the Nath Apocalypse to happen. <laughs> Oh, I'm just being goofy now. I never go in with these little end parts with anything planned. Um, with that, I, I just want to say at the end of the day, especially with how I was with wrestling in this one, how I've been with art throughout this entire podcast run, my last word of the day is to follow your passion. You'd be surprised how uplifting and how incredible your passions will carry you. <laughs>